when I found God, I'd completely changed. I became probably humanized. That was thing that turned my life around. I found a purpose in life and I used things in that book, experiences to teach others that whatever you've been through, there's an answer. I believe that I could have drowned if we hadn't swum that mile to shore, I'd have ended up in Antarctica, a bag of bones, because there was no other land mass before us the way the currents flowed down the east coast of New Zealand. There wasn't a problem there. That was only a one story. We're here with Graham Ropita, who is a motivational encourager. He's also a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book, Dream Big and Act Fast. So we're going to be here having a conversation to get ourselves motivated, get ourselves fired up to take action, achieve our goals, be happy, be fulfilled so much more. So Graham, glad to be talking to you. It's good to be talking to you too, Robert. All right. Thank both a couple of guys who are in the pleasure zone right now. And so what would you say is the problem you solve? What is your expertise? What's your niche? One of the things I've found, Robert, the world's going to hell in a handbasket really quickly. And uh, we see a lot of people, especially after COVID and the effects of that, they're fearful, they're scared. And uh, there's a lot of people out there hurting and it's just going to get worse. And uh, we've been helping people all our lives, wife and I and our children, especially. And uh, we've had a lot of people come to us, uh, financially, we've been able to help them and just with simple meals and things like that and advice on just how to live a better life and a more successful life. And uh, people just hang around us and uh, we help them to turn their lives around and become better people for that. And I suppose it's just part of who we are and what we are. And we just like to encourage people to, hey, there's a better way of doing things. And that's both probably just the guts of how we do things. And, and that's wonderful. And so you're saying that you helped all these people and in doing and performing those repetitions, you think that like if you were lifting a weight, you, you've seen it all, but then you're also, you also put in the time and you put in the effort again and again when someone new comes your way. And so you said that people are maybe sometimes struggling financially or they're fearful. And so what are they telling you? What problems are these people having and what's the answer? For an example, my wife went over to the supermarket yesterday just to grab a couple of things. I think she came back about three hours later and she ran into people she used to work with and a couple of other people that heard different stories about myself and that, and they were all wrong. Just false stories that have been out there because I obviously I've been in hospital having surgery recently and they'd heard different stories that I'd almost died and all that and she put them at rest and I suppose the things that we do we're street smart we're not educated smart but we're educated in the way of living and that makes a lot of difference and we find out that a lot of educated people they may have the brains up top but when it comes to basic living and getting things right they haven't got a clue and we see that all the time. And with living in the streets, to speak, we have a better understanding of where people are and being in the building trade as well, serving the time as a apprentice builder and building a lot of nice homes 
we understand that side because we meet a lot of people that are ripped off by a system. So we know how to build cost-effective homes as well for people struggling financially, which especially Australia is in at the moment. They haven't got a clue on the economics of how to do things. So that's something that we're very passionate about is finding people housing. Excellent. And so you're saying that there are people out there with the head smarts and not the street smarts, and they don't have a clue. And so do you have a series of life principles or do you have a number one piece of advice or just what would be the most helpful as far as getting someone on track, as far as getting someone to be happy and achieving things? What's like just a good starting point, jumping off point for just getting back to the way things need to be? I think the first thing is they've got to is stop and smell the roses and just put the brakes on and reassess where they are in life and what they really want. And that's what we did because we worked hard all our lives and chased dreams and goals and found out that we were chasing ourselves most of the time. And when we stopped and reassessed things, we were able to put principles into our own lives, but we, we had to reevaluate everything. And, uh, when we stopped and did that and got ourselves on track and you've basically got to start again. And when you lose basically everything, you've got to go somewhere and you've got to find that right person. And there's a lot of false doctrines out there, if I can use that word, that people are out there scamming money off people and pushing their ideas and values on things. So you've really got to find the person that can help you the most. Stop and smell the roses, meaning take inventory, calm down, relax, find yes. the gratitude, see, like, notice how lucky you are to have a roof over your head, to be born in this time period, to have food and water, that things are not as bleak as they seem. So there's that stop and smell the roses aspect. And then you also say that it's important to find that guide, find that mentor, because it's way too easy to be stuck in your own head and stuck in your own bubble and just continue to do the things that you've always done so far. And that will just get you the same results you've always gotten, which does not sound like very much fun at all. And so where have you really struggled? Has there been a moment in your life when things were just really bad and you were maybe like depressed, negative, angry, and you had to dig yourself back out of it? Does anything come to mind as far as just a real like low point you had to recover from? I don't think I've fallen that far because of the lifestyle that I've lived because I've been pretty free as my chapter in the book says coming out of New Zealand and spending most of my time under the water and as a commercial diver and uh, commercial fisherman and being a builder. I spent a lot of time away from home, but I was blessed with a good wife and five really good kids. And uh, when I take value of the ethics that I've been able to place into them and see them grow up to be successful in their own right, I see a lot of families just falling apart. They spend all their time playing on their phones and Xboxes or whatever all that technological stuff is now that the family units just fall in pieces. And one of the things we like to see is the family unit getting back together again. For myself, we were successful in business and then one day we got a phone call to 
I'd forgotten to pay a bill for, wasn't even $2,000. And they, uh, because we live in Tasmania, they'd sent a bill to a court in Melbourne and they declared me bankrupt and I lost everything, over a couple of thousand bucks. And um, they just took us, the cleaners. And uh, that was pretty tough. And a magnificent block of land, and uh, but we came back. And we did that because we'd just given our hearts to God. And we didn't know much about this sort of stuff either. And that was a whole new learning curve. But we had to put our faith in something, and we've clawed our way back up to where we are today. Amazing. And so to digest what you said, you're saying that with your relationships in general, right? There, there are familiar relationships, but there are many other types of relationships. You're saying be present. Don't just be on your phone all the time because you're not actually, like you may physically be there, but you're not mentally there. So you're saying to actually be aware and communicate and appreciate those people that are around you, your family, your spouse, your children, anyone else. So that way you're actually being part of the present moment. And you're also saying that it's really important to have that faith because there are times when you just ha have bad luck in general and you get tested and you have these setbacks and you have the kind of have the choice to to give up and do nothing or to say, I'll claw my way back because I'm, I'm moving forward with my life. And so you have your, your wife and these five kids. And I imagine that there might have been some maybe some stress at some point, right? Like some kind of conflict, or maybe you've been tested in that way. And as far as the keeping your family together, do you have any advice as far as something that you've done right? If someone says, my relationships with my kids are struggling or my marriage is struggling, what would you say to someone to just to make sure that they do it right? Love them. Love's gone right out of the world nowadays. And one thing that we're very strong is love in the family unit. If you've got a daughter, take her out, uh, have a chat with her, take her out for a drink, take her out for a meal and just spend some bonding time with her. And the same with your, your children, like our children are around us all the time, even though a couple of them live in the state, our family's close. Our son just came back with us too children from seeing our daughter in Queensland for six days. He arrived back yesterday and that they hadn't seen each other for 12 months. And that's the bond that they have between each other because they're so close and that's the love that they have for each other. And that's, you take that love out of the family. You can't get love out of a phone. You go to a restaurant and people just sit there and they're playing on their phones. The communication barrier has been broken down because of all this technology and stuff that they're throwing at us and kids sitting at home in their lounge rooms and that, all they're doing is playing on their phones. They're not outside playing like they used to be. And that's a changing world. And we've got to get back to some, just some basic stuff. And like kids playing in the park and going out and enjoying themselves with mum and dad, going to the beach and things like that and enjoying themselves. I love that. Going back to basics, just those simple things like being present, going out to eat for a meal, going to the beach, going to the park, just being there, just just the gift of you just physically being in the present moment. And you're making me think that back when I was a teenager, if one of my parents like did something nice or said something nice, I would make it too complicated in my mind, right? If they gave me a compliment, I would think, what's my dad's 
ulterior motive for this? Or am I allowed to really appreciate what they're saying? And as I get older, I'm tapping more into what you're saying of just, it doesn't have to be so complicated. It can just be simple. Just be there for them. Just say a nice thing. Yeah. Just be a nice person and don't overthink it. It can be simple if you let it. Yeah, it's not rocket science living, really. It's not complicated. We've just got to slow down and technology is great. I love it. But there's a place for everything in life, which we've got to live life to the fullest to appreciate the technology and use it as it's required in our life. Yeah. It's like we're, we're living in a great time, but we're listening to all these other ones that are trying to confuse us and confound us with all their garbage that's going on in the world. And we're getting hoodwinked by do-gooders. But we won't go down that track, will we? No, but we'll be more positive because it's easy to go down a path and then you're stuck in all this negativity. And you're making me think that in this day and age, it's really important to figure out your filter because decades Mm -hmm. ago, you would turn on the TV and there would only be a few channels and that was just what was on. And you could just see what was there and believe everything you saw. You could open the newspaper and there was only a few pages and that was 100% of your information. But nowadays, you can do a Google search and there's millions of results. You can, on YouTube, there's so many things to click on. And if you believe everything, you'll go down a rabbit hole and you'll drive yourself crazy. And so there's definitely that, that need to figure out your filter in many ways of, are you going to let the negativity get to you? Or will you let the disinformation get to you? If we learn all these things that will not serve you, that will not help you, or will you do things that can improve your life? And you mentioned you and your wife help a lot of people. And so do any stories come to mind about someone specific who came to you with a really pressing problem? And do you feel like sharing a story about one of these random people that you've helped along the way? Oh gosh, there's so many of them, Robert. We could write a book on them, just on those, but a lot of them is all personal stuff. And some of them probably make you cry. When I was in hospital a couple of days ago, getting this three in my neck cleaned out, and uh, there was a guy in there beside me. And he actually ended up to be a commercial fisherman as well, like me. So we got on really well. And he was supposed to have this major surgery as well. And this might be a bit over the top, but it's how things work. And this has happened a number of times. And he came in the day before me to have the surgery the next day when I was in there. And they turned around and they did a check on him and they said, you can go home. They said, what do you mean? And they said, you don't need surgery now. We've reevaluated you and we don't believe you need surgery. And we're going to get you back and we're going to do a couple of other things with you. And you may think, what's that got to do with helping people? And because we believe in healing because of our association with God and that, that's happened on quite a few occasions and just being that that guy was in our presence and we formed a relationship. And even though we didn't talk anything about God, 
I believe that he was healed in our presence and he didn't need that operation. That may spook some people and may sound a little bit off the park, but that guy left hospital that same day without that operation. And he went back to his place in Hobart, a hundred percent happy. And I praise God for that. And he took my phone number and all my contact details and says, man, I'm going to stay in touch with you. And to me, that's what it's all about. Meeting you was a very good thing to happen to him. That's what our life's about, Robert. And uh, we never know what's around the next corner or who knocks on our door. And uh, we take it as it comes. And uh, these things that well, if I can call them divine appointments and that, and uh, it just happens. And that's why I like living like we do. And uh, I like that chapter that I wrote. And I don't know what's going to happen from here. I've got no idea. But I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the stories I read in that book. Just bring it on. I love it. And I can sense your excitement. And your chapter is filled with all kinds of amazing, but also scary stories where you were talking about being on the deck of the boat and then just a few seconds later in the water and just that quickly. And I, as I was reading and I was like, okay, I know he's alive because he lived to have his five kids and to write the book chapter. And I was thinking like, it was scary just reading it because it just seemed like it, it happened that quick. And so you've been through all of these amazing adventures and you've helped people out. Has there any, has there been any like, like real amazing surprises for you? Like anything like life-changing, anything that like surprised you about like yourself and your personality, anything come to mind about just like the life altering surprises? The one thing that changed me from what I was, cause I was pretty rough living in the late works for 10 years. I actually wrote a quality assurance manual. I voted one of the best in Australia for cutting up beef and all that. And I didn't know anything about writing, but I put it all together and that. So living there and in the meat works, I was pretty good with a gun and I was pretty wild. But when I found God, I'd completely changed. I became probably human or humanized, whatever you want to call it. And that was the thing that turned my life around. And I found a purpose in life and I used things in that book experiences to teach others that whatever you've been through, there's an answer. And I believe that I could have drowned that tub if we hadn't have swum that mile to shore, I'd have ended up in Antarctica, a bag of bones, because there was no other land mass before us the way the currents flowed down the east coast of New Zealand. There wasn't a problem there. And I've had a number of that's only a one story. I've had a lot more like that where I could have died a number of times. I believe God was saving me for such a time as this. And I've used my life experiences to channel those stories into helping others. And I use those to help others. So if I can help one person, then I feel it within myself and we've helped many people. Incredible. And I think that's a good motivator for anyone, right? If you're struggling to seek the motivation, then you think of, then who can you help and what difference can you make in the world? And you're making me think that I think we've all had 
those close calls. We've all yeah. had that moment where the car whizzed right by and we thought, man, I came so close to death or like a really bad injury. And it, it plays games with your mind, right? Because sometimes my yeah. initial reaction is to be mad that it came this close. But then I think I should be a- appreciative and grateful that I missed it by that much, that I, I could have died or I could have gotten hurt, but I was like just a, a few inches of difference and then things were okay. So it's the thing to be grateful for that we're still alive, that we survived all these previous hardships, accidents, close calls, scary situations, and that we should seek to find our faith, find God, and to just see who we can help and who we can connect with and be sociable with and be a positive change for good in the world because there's certainly enough negativity. It's not hard to look for it and it can take it over you if you let it. So we need to fight it and be be happier and more positive. And you said that you're not sure what the future holds for you and what will what will come, but is there anything that you're looking forward to or anything that you feel like sharing about the next six to 12 months of your life? One of the things that's really on my heart is to uh, get a big piece of land and start building homes for the homeless and start really taking care of those. As we know, we need food, shelter, and clothing. The clothing side of it doesn't faze me, but food and shelter really has touched my heart over the years. And being a builder, I know how to build low-cost homes. And But the housing industry here is in such a mess, and there's major building companies going bust left and centre. I think there's about 1,273 in the last less than a year have gone bust here in Australia and with more every day that we came up with a concept about 10 years ago on how to build a home without any timber or any concrete in it. And uh, we didn't have the finance to do it. And uh, there's some of the highest rated energy homes here in Australia. And we're just working on a principle now of hopefully funding that. We want to get into that and uh, produce low cost homes for uh, people that are struggling and put them right across the board and plus getting into the food side of it as well. That's what I'd really like to get into and get the unemployed and get them into building it as well. Self-fund them and get, getting them and to build up their own self-image a bit and show them that they are worthy. If they want a home, then they put some time and effort into it themselves and build up their own egos a bit to, hey, I can do this. You are worth something. That's a basic guy. Yeah, that, that's great. That's a noble goal. And it taps into all these wonderful concepts like the value of hard work and the satisfaction of when it's done and getting that little bit of extra help with the food and the shelter. And so is there any way to look into this more? Do you have any more information like contact details where if someone wants to know more about this program that you have going on, how can someone find out more about that? My email address, although I fly pretty close under the radar and I keep myself to myself, but my email address will be the best way, grahamroper at gmail.com. And I am building a website at the moment. I am getting around to it, Robert. And other contact details, we are working on it. But my email address will be the best one to get hold of. Cool. One step at a time. And so we'll spell that out. That's gramropata at gmail.com. That's G-R-A-H-A-M-R 
R-O-P-A-T-A at gmail.com, gramropata at gmail.com. So Graham, we've had so just this conversation that's bounced around in all these different areas. Do you have anything you feel like we either left out of the conversation, you feel like sneaking in at the last second, or do you feel like, is there something that's like a lasting profound message that can really tie this all together? Anything come to mind as far as just something to really stick in people's minds? Yeah, I could say so much, Robert. It's, uh, listen, it's been a privilege. It's been an honor to share part of my heart. And I think the one thing that I would say right now would be, don't be afraid of what's happening right now or what's about to happen. Trust the instincts that are within you. And don't be afraid to step out and feel positive about yourself and uh, just go and do it. I love it. Don't be afraid. Trust your instincts. Just go and do it. And with, with that, we will mention that email address one more time. That's GrahamRopeta at gmail.com. If you want to tell Graham that he did a wonderful job, that his message helped you, or if you want to inquire more about this housing project he has in motion, then contact him and talk to Graham. And Graham, it's been very much a pleasure speaking with you and hearing about some of your life advice, your lessons, and hearing about the amazing adventures. People should check out the chapter in your book, which is Dream Big and Act Fast, co-authored with Pat Masidi on Amazon. And I appreciate you very much, Graham. So wonderful talking to you. It's been great, Robert. I appreciate you.